people today can spend half their lives over 50. So it's good to be financially ready for what's important to you as you get older, like a family vacation. Or starting your dream business. Welcome to Connie's Coffee. How may I help you? AARP's trusted financial tools can help you plan for whatever your future holds. That's why the younger you are, the more you need AARP. Start planning today at aarp.org slash money tools. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hello. Hi. It's been so long. It has. We Well, I mean... We I mean, I, seen you, we, I saw you yesterday and probably the day before that. Yeah. If not, not the day before that. I saw you yesterday? Yeah. Oh, okay, cool. Whatever. Welcome to For Colored Nerds. Welcome. I'm Brittany. I'm Eric. And uh, I want to start off by apologizing. You should apologize. Because it's been a while. It's been a long time. Shouldn't have left you. But uh, no. So <laughs> we had obviously Thanksgiving popped up. And we were like, okay, let's do a, you know, like a one-week break. Will you, let's give our audience a little more credit. Uh, Thanksgiving doesn't pop up. It happens the same time every year. True, fine, whatever. But that's true. We did know Thanksgiving was coming. And so we were like, okay, we're going to do a little bit of a break. And then, you know, life happened in a, quite a few different ways. A couple different ways. Most recently, I got the flu. Get a flu shot. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, no, Eric really had the flu. It was yeah, disgusting. I, I was like high-fiving Jesus at first I thought, I, thought you I was going to die. Were, at first I thought you were faking it. Because like sometimes you can be a little like hypo, like hypochondriacal, and also like Lies. like psychosomatic. Like if you're experiencing stress, then you it'll like you start to freak out. So I was like, oh, Eric's not really sick. And then I talked to you on the phone one day, and then I saw you after you had gotten better. I saw you after you had gotten better. Yeah. You looked crazy. Yeah, I mean it was a rough time, you know. Mm-hmm. Thank God for Nyquil. Mm-hmm. Thank God for uh, Zyrtec. Zyrtec. Thank Zyrtec God is for, for allergies. I know, but the Zyrtec D. Like has the pseudoephedrine in it, so oh, regardless of your symptoms, so like pseudoephedrine, yeah, get your get your your shit right. But uh, yeah, all those things help me sleep at night. Actually, you know what I thank God for the most? What my brand new humidifier. I did see you had a humidifier in your little living room outpost. Yeah, it was it was literally it saved me. Like you, my parents, and Mariah Carey are the top three people I know who use four people. My parents are two separate people um, who use humidifiers, so you're in good company. Yeah, you got to protect yourself. You know, it's important. Dry air is a real thing. Mm-hmm. And, and you don't want to ruin your vocal cords because exactly. you ha- you need them for the podcast. You know, I barely have enough bass in my voice as it is. Stop trying to make it sound lower than so, it is. So, you know, when I talk like <laughs> okay. <Isaac> Hayes. <laughs> anyway, we're, we're, we're happy to be back. We're glad to, glad to grace you guys with our presence. Yeah, I mean... Is that a... Is, I don't even know if that's a gracious way to put that. You got there. We're happy to be back. Yeah. And a lot of things have happened. You know, I mean, we're not going to get into all the things that happened Mm -hmm. because they're pretty much all depressing. Very much Yeah. And not only that, like, I don't know. I don't know that we can necessarily even add anything to some of these conversations. So, you know, I mean, we'll obviously share things through social media, keeping everybody up on game, you know, get out, support. 
But uh, let's talk about what we came here for. Yes. Yes. So actually, what we're going to talk about today is a a little pair, a couplet, if you will. A couplet Mm -hmm. actually is not the right word. A couple. A couplet is a, is a is a poetry term, so mm-hmm. that's wrong. But a couple of articles that actually came out in the past month with, at Fast Company, and I thought that they were cover stories. I think actually, what's his name? That producer. His name is what? Wesley Pence, but I don't know his. I can't remember his name. Diplo. Diplo's Diplo. on the cover. Okay. It's the one with Diplo on the cover. Uh, issue of Fast Company. I'm, I'm done with Diplo, by the way. What's that? I'm just. Done that's why I couldn't remember his name because okay. I don't be thinking about him, but. Two articles that were basically centered around Tristan Walker, who yes. is the founder and CEO of Walker Brands, yes. which is basically a health and beauty company that aims to be what Johnson & Johnson is for the mainstream, mm-hmm. a.k.a. a lot of times white people. Uh, it aims to be what Johnson & Johnson is to the mainstream, but for people of color, specifically people of African descent like you mm-hmm. and me. Yeah. And their first product, their first like signature flagship brand is called Bevel. Uh, Bevel is a shaving product that is meant to specifically cater to the needs of black men, men of color, who have a lot of times curly and coarse hair that will grow out of their heads. Yeah. And women, too. And like, their faces. I, I've noticed on their, like in some of their marketing, they're, start, they're, marketing, they're starting to kind of also branch out to women. Mm-hmm. Um, but the product is definitely mainly um, for African-American men. Yes. Because as you mentioned, our hair follicles grow um, in a very curly fashion. So sometimes the <laughs> Curly fashion is hilarious like curly sue Uh, curly fashion (laughs) so sometimes as soon as the hair comes out it goes right Right back back in in. and you know it hurts and it's so looks unsightly yeah it looks you know like you have a whole bunch of little creatures coming out of your face (laughs) i never thought of it like that but it really does actually look like you yeah so that's not very based it's not very based (laughs) to walk around (laughs) it's not the wave no it's not the wave um but but yeah devil so with you know with this product uh it's a whole shaving system it's like a shaving system. So they have like uh, they have like creams and things like that. It's basically the way you are kind of supposed to shave right. with nicer products designed specifically for that. Because traditionally, black men have to kind of use an assortment of a variety of different things. Oh lord! And uh, shaving powder, which is not even a real thing so in my mind. Yeah, they're like powders. We don't. We actually probably shouldn't use creams that much because certain particular some things uh, actually cause the blade to get too close and if the blade like the closer the blade is to your skin it can actually cut underneath the skin that and, makes sense um, maybe why a lot you included a lot of guys use clippers yeah so i use clippers uh right now i'm actually I actually was considering using a product bevel um, works it, just i mean not like <laughs> i mean i haven't used it i would yeah. but um no i know from personal there's no good way to yeah, put that just like mm. you know, I had a friend or two who used okay. Bevel, and it was it was straight. Oh, it worked. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Anyway, but no, I haven't tried it. I, I was curious to try it. Uh, actually, uh, I was thinking about maybe getting the initial system, but we'll see. We'll see. Okay. We'll see. I mean, maybe the way your hair is Santa. going, who knows if you need it? Yeah. Burn. Thanks. Oh dang! I thought you were gonna laugh. Sorry. No. no not at anyway, all. so. <laughs> Getting back to the original point, Tristan Walker, you started Walker Brands, their flagship brand is Bevel, and he is, he like started that project as the entrepreneur in residence at um, this... Anderson Horowitz. Yes, Anderson Horowitz, which is this like investment firm. Yeah, so they're a VC firm. Yeah, VC firm in in San Francisco. Very rare position for a black man to be in. He has an unusual amount of power and access for a black man, but still... Yeah, I mean... Not quite as much as... As one would would think. I mean, and even to take a step back, like, 
saying a very rare position for a black man is even kind of an understatement. Like being an entrepreneur in residence alone, True. there usually are very few of those positions available. Rarefied air, if you will. Yeah, at VC companies. Because basically what that position is, is they pay you to come up with ideas and are so confident in you as an entrepreneur mm-hmm. that they just float you until you come up with something that's going to make them a lot of money. Right. So usually that's something that a whole bunch of white guys get a chance to do. Right. So he's like the first one of us that kind of gets a crack at that. Yeah. And it's a really big deal. Yeah. But at the same time, um, it's also, at least to me, and I'm sure to you too, uh, really brought into focus just how far we have to go to yeah. be on any type of decent playing field in the tech space. So um, there was one article that was basically like a, a profile, which I thought was kind of a little bit on the softer side, a little more narrative. There was another article, though, yeah. that was a roundtable discussion with uh, Tristan Walker, his wife, Amoy Walker, who is a teacher in the San Francisco area, and then a bunch of their other friends who work for companies like Google, Shoot, I can't remember the rest of them worked, but work at various tech yeah, companies. Some in the were area. recruiting firms. Some of them, mm-hmm. you know, worked in in different like executive positions. But basically, all around the Silicon Valley area, exactly. Which in itself is very rare. Like seeing that many black people work in Silicon Valley in one spot is like. Not only that, seeing that many black people in the San Francisco Bay area, like outside of Oakland in yeah. the, in the Bay Area period, is like. Yeah, it's kind of mind blowing. I mean, I, I would agree with the assessment of two articles. Like the, the the his profile, his story was really interesting. It wasn't what I would say is like the initial part of it wasn't that surprising. He's very much a, I mean, he's a very impressive individual. Yeah, absolutely, came from a you know a very um, typical background for us. I would say in some cases, and in terms mm-hmm. of the types of stories that often get shine. Yes. So you know he didn't grow up from a very uh, privileged background. Yeah, like a hard scrabble to you know to success exactly narrative but he you know had some some good breaks in the sense he was able to go to a great great prep school yeah. in addition to you know working great college and just yeah I think, I can't remember, where did he go to undergrad i can't remember i know he went to stanford for his mba pretty much like going to stanford to get your mba yeah is... i mean you're not gonna hurt <laughs> yeah <laughs> gonna be all right you're not gonna hurt and then after that he went to foursquare i think right he was there yeah for three years. i mean his story at foursquare actually what was interesting is I I knew of him before. Mm-hmm. I never connected the dots on who he was to this guy who is now like the it guy because that's kind of what he is right now. He's very much oh, the, the popular. And when you think of diversity, you think of him uh, in the sense of well, the tech industry. Actually, it's really funny because what we're in mid December right now. The first time that I like I had heard of Bevel before. I didn't know that Tristan Walker was Bevel. I'd heard yeah. Bevel just because I knew that their their branding was so on point, and so tight. Yeah, you I, actually mentioned them to me a while ago. Yeah, so a year ago I found came across this article again in Fast Company. Oh no, actually no, I'm sorry, it was a New Yorker addressing Silicon Valley's race problem. And who are they writing about? But Tristan Walker, because if you're addressing Silicon Valley's race problem, they've only really got one go-to guy. So yeah, he's I was about it. to say, who, like, who else is it? He's it. Like the same guy we were writing, they were writing about a year ago. They're writing about now. Yeah, I mean his story with uh, with Foursquare is really is really interesting though. Like he did an awesome job in terms of like that he he set out to to get a job with them uh, when Foursquare was was still like a very like early product mm-hmm. and. Like really, really rapidly within the span of probably I want to say like a few months went from being an intern to their like director and head of um, business development. Well, there's that story about it where he came into the office like he took someone up on what they kind of felt was like a joke offer for a meeting. And he was like, cool, all right, I'll be in New York tomorrow. Showed up and they were like, all right, I can't remember what set number of businesses he needed to get. Was it like 30? Well, they asked him like for like 30. He came back with something like 200. Yeah. Yeah. They asked him to get like 30 clients or something like that, uh, 30 new partners in a week. And yeah, like you said, he came back with this, you know, 
know, obviously much higher number. And they were like, okay, so you're going to be the director yeah. of that department. Yeah. And he just turned their shit out for three years straight. Yeah. And like when he left, it was a big deal. That's that's how I originally came into mm-hmm. into some awareness of his story. Because when he left, they were like, oh, man, this guy is going to be it. Especially considering the fact that he got this entrepreneur residence job. Mm -hmm. Because, again, that's a very rare thing to get. Like, they're not just handing those out on the street. To anybody, let alone one of us. Yeah, Exactly. So, yeah, he has a really, really interesting story. And, like, he's a very impressive guy. Like, one of the things that I think, you know, before we get into the roundtable, which I feel like is probably the meat. The meat. But he's... The thing that was kind of uh, was kind of interesting, not not very surprising, is not to denigrate him and his background in any way, mm-hmm. but he's very much the guy you would expect them to get behind in in the sense of his background. Oh, his background, like his you said, nature, background, like, his nature. Yeah, because the a lot a point that the the profile kept going back to, and you can also even see it in the the round table when you see yeah. his personality measured against some of his friends or peers is that he's kind of reserved. He seems to be a little shy. He'll hold back a little bit. Um, he's maybe not, especially when they put him, uh, he's also married too, which yeah. is another thing married uh, and now a new father it, during, when the article was being written, he was an expectant father. Is that the phrase? That's about right. Okay. Yeah. So he's basically got all these things going on, but you can see how reserved he is com- in comparison to his wife and his friends. Almost like they use those other people to drive the point home that this is, you know, a thoughtful, pensive kind of like soft-spoken kind of guy who yeah. happens to be, I mean, he can have those qualities, but he has to be some type of, like, he has to be some type of, I was going to say Bobcat. I don't know if that's even Bobcat the right word. word. But he's got to be some type of, like, you know what I mean? Some type of, like, Panther. Do you know what I'm saying? Not Panther, like, in the Black Panther sense. He's on it. In yeah, sense, but I'm thinking, like, like sorry, I, I kept thinking of, like, I don't cats. know what you think. Like, like, just, like, just, like, like, he's got to be, like, on it. He's got to yeah. be aggressive, and he's got to be a bull, well, that's what we used to call a bulldog when I was coaching. Well, yeah, I mean, I think I think in what you were trying to get to, in the sense that he obviously has what it takes to rise to this type of position, mm-hmm. but his nature and his more like like uh, introverted nature might have also complemented that. Absolutely. If you think about all the people he likely comes into contact with. Oh, absolutely, yes. Yeah. So, anyway, so that was kind of the that was the the profile. I mean, and that's a I mean that's an amazing summary. I think that's a big summary. <laughs> that is a big summary, but. That wasn't really summary uh, is the is is the active word yeah. in that sentence. I mean, his story is very important. I recommend everybody read it. It was yeah. written very well, but the real, the real reason shit. Yeah. <laughs> why we why we felt like this was something that really should be talked about is not just because we're at a time where the tech industry is finally starting to realize maybe we have an issue with diversity. Well, yeah, this past summer when everybody's numbers came out, yeah, Google's numbers came out. Yo, people were it wasn't cute. It's, I mean, it's, it wasn't. It's still not. Like, no. it's it's ridiculous, to be frank. Like, I mean, the average is probably, and this is a rough average, I feel like it's like 3%. I was going to say 2. I was going to say 3 is pushing it. I think the average it might, might be. be 2%. There's a couple. I mean, there's I a wanna couple. I want to say that most of them are around 2%, some 3, some 1. That's why I would yeah. just guess the In terms of percentage, like, that, employees. I just realized, why are we splitting these hairs between 2 and 3%? Yeah, exactly. That's, that's like, tragic that's, enough. Like, you can't do nothing with that. No, you can't. Like, there's even a fucking difference. Yeah. So, the shit is sad. It's really it's really bleak. It's Dire. not... It's not from a lack of talent, in my opinion. I would agree. You know, just to, I guess, speak real quickly on my background. Okay. You know, All come right. to Jesus real quick. Okay. I actually, you know, I work in digital marketing, and I often apply... Lie. Well, yeah. 
Unfortunately. Yeah, I mean, we do. It's like, <laughs> I don't even know. Like In my mind, it's such a, like, I know I go to work. I know you work very hard. It's just such a fake job when I say digital marketing out loud. I'm just what? like, but yeah, that's, that's like what, that's what everybody does. But go ahead. Yeah. But, but I've applied, you know, I've applied to transition to a lot of different like startups and, and, and companies in the tech space. And it's, it's amazing how difficult it actually is to even just get in the door you know, it's not surprising to see how he gets in the door because, like I said, his pedigree is like mm-hmm. fucking amazing. Yeah, and he should. He's deserved it. He deserves Absolutely. everything he's got. But the reality is, there are a lot of people who come from a much more diverse set of, of circumstances yes. who still have the talent necessary to to be in these roles. And the tech industry specifically brands themselves as this like all inclusive oh yeah very like utopian environment exactly where just everyone gets by on this meritocracy because you know that's what America was built on yes, you know yes. meritocracy not the not the blood and sweat of and slaves <laughs> of my of my ancestors <laughs> no meritocracy yes exactly well uh, you know it's always great to remember that in this in this day mm-hmm. no yeah no Martin Luther King definitely did the I have a dream speech just for artistic flair and not because uh, we were being trampled at that point in time yeah or every or other still. point in time yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or still then before before but yeah this week last week week before that so you know it's it's really frustrating to hear to read Pando Daily to read you know mm-hmm. uh, Silicon Alley uh, like report Mashable, and you know Mashable and all of these and all of these uh, publications that big up the tech industry all, and big up themselves all the time when the reality is there are some really really deep rooted and deep seated problems that every other industry has that they consistently ignore mm-hmm. so i was really happy when the when the numbers started coming out and not only the numbers came out but there seemed to be some sort of sustained conversation about it yes because that's a big piece because a lot of times you know they'll slip that shit out on a Friday yep and they'll be like Friday 4pm All right. yeah well (laughs) have a good weekend (laughs) exactly but there seems to be some consistent chatter about this and even these two stories in Fast Company is a significant departure I was going to say it's a big from the norm both of them I mean just the fact that they have a profile like a law like a a serious length profile too about a black entrepreneur or a black man in Silicon Valley and what that means. What that means, yeah. I don't see that very often. I'm looking for stories like that. So to have long-form journalism about a black man in Silicon Valley, and then to not not that they just even feel comfortable putting two stories about black people in one issue of Fast Company, which to me is a big deal. And now that I say that out loud, I'm like very sad about that. But additionally, that they would put something in that's this honest. And also, when I think about a lot of the stuff that I read about as far as... Um, just the lack of diversity, complete lack of diversity in journalism. The yeah. fact that they allowed this to be written by black man, J.J. McCorvey, because in some even allowed, like exa- I mean, I know, I know, but that, you know what I'm saying. You know that you know you you we've all heard stories that you know and, and read stories about at pitch meetings where some publications don't want black writers to co- to cover black subjects because they feel like honestly it's you know kind of i mean a I double-edged sword and it's exactly like, because know. they also may only assign you black subjects. exactly so yeah no i mean i i don't know you really can't win either way but i do appreciate that this was written very thoughtfully by a black man who was able to i think in this particular instance especially um in the profile part where they talk about going to tristan's birthday yeah and how the writer had the cultural knowledge as a black man to be able to sit at his birthday party which is at the friend like the home of one of their friends it was like a crab boil or something like that which even if you think about the way that you eat crab 
Do you know what I'm saying? It's a. I mean, you gotta you gotta real you gotta feel comfortable. You don't take a first exact, date to eat exactly. crab. Like you gotta get real messy, real dirty. The fact that he knew to include that detail, the yeah. fact that he knew that like that they were including that detail that the birthday party was happening at a home, um, which allows for private and candid conversation, yep. and that he noticed that there were no white people there, that every single person at this man's birthday party was black, and this is supposed to be one of the most not just like you said not just black entrepreneurs in Silicon Valley, but one of the most exciting entrepreneurs period in Silicon Valley and nobody else like except outside of his immediate circle is at his birthday party. I was glad even like, like, like I just said that we had the, the profile, we had the very candid round table and that they also were thoughtful enough to have this assigned to a young black writer who's able to bring some of those insights that may have been lost on somebody else. That's, Real shit and well put. Thank you. Kudos to you. I think that makes up for the, all of the cat metaphors I was trying to work with <laughs> like seven minutes what ago. No, no, no. It does. It Yo, does. it's late. We working hard. Man. I know. We working hard. Like full disclosure, I mean, Eric just murked some Popeyes. Yeah. Truly. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And it's like just after 9 p.m. Like, Yo, we don't know. I mean, we could be asleep right now. We wouldn't right even now. know. Yeah. But get it back to this round table. That'll be the, you know, laid out all the stereotypes. All our business. Oh, but, shit. Uh, I didn't think about it as a stereotype. I'm free, so I didn't think about it as a exact, stereotype. I'm I mean, new black. Exactly. New black eats chicken is. wherever. I mean, and Popeyes, let's be real. Everybody yeah. loves Actually, Popeyes. new black people don't go to Popeyes. Only for the biscuits and for the chicken strips. Because they don't like chicken on the bone. Anyway. <laughs> So this roundtable, let's talk about this roundtable. We haven't actually talked about what they talk about in the roundtable. So the roundtable is, the title, I mean, the title's long as shit, but it's an honest discussion of race on Silicon Valley, in in Silicon Valley. But the quote is kind of like really illustrative of what, yeah, like the the quote that they use as part of the title as well. Just being who we are is extremely risky. I mean, you could, I could wear that as a fucking (laughs) sign. As soon as I and, saw that, I was like, oh, I got to read this shit. Yeah, like, in any job, that's real. But, like, I feel like if in no other industry probably is this more real mm-hmm. than in the tech industry because of, uh, and this is before I even started reading, because of the culture aspect that is such a, like, prized notion. Oh, to see the culture fit, to make sure that you're yeah. proper, quote-unquote, organizational fit. And, like, the reality is culture largely in the beginning meant having everybody look and kind of act and be interested in, in the, the same, same thing. And that's something that directly excludes people who come from maybe a diverse background. Mm-hmm. So that frames this shit real well because all these folks is black. And even and the crazy thing is all of them are from probably a very diverse set, uh, set of circumstances. I was going to say, so we already know how Tristan grew up, but there are... You know, just looking at the article, there's a beautiful photo of all these different black people sitting around in a very beautiful kitchen. People. Lovely black people. I'm sure they all grew up in different ways, too. Yeah. Everybody from the hood, everybody from suburbs. Like, Mm-mm. it's probably a, a it's nice mix. mix of circumstances yeah. there. And that, you know, that's still illustrative of us being outside what's perceived as this culture, this this tech culture, mm-hmm. whether it be fraternalistic or or whatever. You think like, about just the, well, the show Silicon Valley that comes on HBO. Yeah. I tried to watch one episode and I was like... I actually thought it was kind of funny. I know, right? pe- people like it. I'm not one of them. But I saw one episode and I was like, it's just too... It's like, it's, it was too much for me in my off time. It was like a critique <laughs> and a big up at the same time. Right. But, but I mean, I kind of got it. Critique. Well, no, honestly, I think both. I think a little bit of both. I mean, I thought that the guy who, um, 
who like gave the TED talk in the first. I think that was the first episode. I don't remember anymore. I think I blocked it out. Whatever. I thought it was pretty funny, but even still, like it is very illustrative of what that place like what these areas look like Mm -hmm. you know you you have white people you have people who are um indian you have people from asian descent pretty much well india is is in is in subcontinental asia so pretty much it sounds like just like white people and asian people yeah that's chilling together i in a room in one big open room so they kind of touch on that like they talk about they talk about the numbers and and then you have this one guy who kind of tried to come back and say like Well, you know, I'm glad that they're finally starting to address this. Well, you know, I mean, the other thing is... People today can spend half their lives over 50. So it's good to be financially ready for what's important to you as you get older, like a family vacation. Or starting your dream business. Welcome to Connie's Coffee. How may I help you? AARP's trusted financial tools can help you plan for whatever your future holds. That's why the younger you are, the more you need AARP. Start planning today at aarp.org slash money tools. Hey, this is Jeff Lewis from Radio Andy. Live and uncensored, catch me talking with my friends about my latest obsessions, relationship issues, and bodily ailments. With that kind of drama that seems to follow me, you never know what's going to happen. You can listen to Jeff Lewis Live at home or anywhere you are. Download the SiriusXM app for over 425 channels of ad-free music, sports, entertainment, and more. Subscribe now and get three months free. Offer details apply. Not everything in life is flexible, but at Capella University, your education can be. With our game-changing FlexPath learning format, you're empowered to fit education into your life without putting other priorities on hold. FlexPath lets you set your own deadlines and adjust them when needed. You can take courses at your own speed and move on to the next one when you're ready. Imagine how a flexible education can make a difference in your life at capella.edu. Want to connect with a family member who doesn't speak your language? Then check out the language learning program Rosetta Stone on desktop or as an app. Rosetta Stone is designed to immerse you in the language you're learning through an intuitive process. Plus, the True Accent feature even gives you feedback on your pronunciation. And with a lifetime membership, you have access to all 25 offered languages. Get started today. Visit rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 to get 50% off your lifetime membership now. That's rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 for 50% off. So is that guy, full disclosure, because they tell you what everyone's job is. Yeah. And they run down what everyone's you know position is in the roundtable discussion. But the guy who's like, oh, I'm glad they finally released the numbers because I used to work in finance and finance is also racist. And it's like. Dude, what are you talking about? And then you read and you're like, oh, he works at Google. Like, yeah. he actively can't, like, say, he can only say so much. Yeah. But, I mean, they jumped on that real quick. They was yeah, like, they, nah, They homie. were like, no, like, let's be real about this. Like, maybe you can't say it, but I will. The reality is the amount that they devote to diversity initiatives is, it just pales in comparison to what they devote, what what Google even specifically devotes to, to having showrooms on boats. Yes, Exactly. In, in the like in the San Francisco. Oh, Bay. exactly. So it's 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 just crazy to think that this is something that's there there are no signs that this is actually something that's serious. Oh, to them. I was gonna say, I see no indicators that this is actually a real priority. Yeah. That rectifying the situation is actually a real priority. Yeah. You know, that's really 
that's really depressing. And another thing that I thought was really interesting and is like so real is how they talked about their even their own internal fear of hiring someone who is who is black or a person of color. Mm-hmm. Because they talk about the reality is you are you are then directly responsible for that person's performance. Yep. And if that person makes a mistake, that's on you. And they wonder immediately mm-hmm. Is that because they come from a background that's different than everybody else? Yes. And then you're responsible for that. And it's like, well, did you hire him because he was black like you? Exactly. Which is crazy because you can't ask somebody else, oh, hey, you know, such and such developer is fucking up. Is it because you guys are white? Right. Did you <laughs> did you hire her because she's white like you? Like I Bad judgment call. Like, both of them like Taylor Swift. Yeah. <laughs> Something, there's a sign here. All right, and yeah. I, th- I honestly, th- I honestly think that her preoccupation with Taylor Swift keeps her from being able to code as well as the rest of the team. It's just not a culture fit. Exactly, and that's the logic that actually keeps a lot of people who look like us out yeah. legitimately. And it's crazy, and and that's, I mean, that's that's one part of it. So how do you, you know, how do you as somebody who has made it? And they talk about that. They recognize that they're in a unique position. Mm-hmm. They recognize that they're trailblazers to a certain degree. They're pioneers, and they are. Um, and there are a few, like a, a couple people who might have gotten there, like at a higher level before. Mm-hmm. But like to see this many people in a room, room they are they're rare. They're very they're rare. Very, and it's also still scary, even just to hear you use the phrase to see this many people in one room. There's only like nine of them. Yeah, and not all of them necessarily directly work in tech. Yeah, but it still feels like it still feels like that's a lot for us to celebrate. Which no. just lets you know. I mean, again, like you said, it lets you know. It clarifies how they truly are pioneers. You know, they talk about the fact that they they're trying to actively find pathways to bring people up, to bring people to to this space, and and to diversify. But it's a very it's a very difficult process, not necessarily to identify people, but to get them past all the gatekeep, like exactly. the gates and the gatekeepers. One of the things that struck out that, that stuck out to me upon rereading the profile is that he started Code 2040, which is a nonprofit organization that aims at funneling and developing really talented people of color who want to work in the tech space into Silicon Valley's top companies. Because I, I can't remember the name, is I think because white people are going to be a minority in 2040, which yeah, I kind yeah, of think that's right. a logical fallacy, but that's a different episode. Yeah. Um, <laughs> completely different episode. But I just think about the fact that Tristan Walker, in the grand scheme of things, like he's high up there, obviously. Like he's he's really in a very interesting position, but he's still not necessarily, when you think about it in Silicon Valley terms, he's still not necessarily established. No, and he, not at all. Right. And he still felt it was imperative that he come up with some sort of initiative to bring people. Like, he knew that the point that he had gotten to a couple of years ago was still higher than what most people would ever see. He still felt the responsibility to start an organization like Code 2040. Whereas I can't imagine that a white guy who is in the same same place would feel the need, the responsibility to put something like that together. Like that in and of itself. I'm glad that he's doing it. I'm sure he enjoys doing it. But it's one of those things. It's like one of those extra little, I hate to necessarily put it this way, but it's like an extra little cost of racism. Well, yeah. I mean, honestly, he could, like, he has a shot right mm-hmm. now. He basically got a really good really big shot. I mean, it feels like, it feels like, it feels like we're like watching a cannon, like, like, what is that thing called? Catapult. Feels like, like yeah. you're watching a catapult, like, get pulled back, so but, you just get shot up. 
but the reality is there's an immense amount of pressure on Bevel specifically mm -hmm. to perform. Mm -hmm. uh, so it makes nothing but perfect sense that while he's in this position right now, while he's got this little bit of shine, let me go ahead and try to make sure, you know, some other people can be in a pathway mm -hmm. to maybe propel them, you know, into situations that might be of a like nature mm -hmm. before I figure out how this actually is going to work out. Yeah. That it makes a it makes a, a ton of sense and that doesn't minimize how risky of a move it is to kind of move in that direction. Mm -hmm. But but yeah, you have to because you don't know how long your you window know, you, yeah, your window is, is going to be. Honestly, these organizations are interesting too because I think the thing that's also important to me that I feel like is sometimes lost as a critique is the only way to a to a tech job is not to code is not just to code. Like it's mm -hmm. obviously very crucial and the the a lot of the top positions are only accessible through if you have that hard if skill. you have that skill. But the reality is there are a variety of other pathways. There's, you know, there's operations in addition to marketing. Everybody's, you know, we often go into marketing. Mm -hmm. But operations and strategy and all of these other areas that also are extremely valuable to companies. Finance, mm -hmm. you know, being able to be responsible for, you know, for the financials of a startup is... is it's a huge responsibility. It's a huge responsibility. So the one thing that I also am looking for from that, because a lot of times, a, a lot of the pressure that's put on kids to express to them these new options mm -hmm. are only presented through the pathway of them learning how to cope. Yep. And while that is definitely important, and, and STEM is extremely important in I terms of broadening our horizons. cannot overstate that. It is it's still important for us to say this is one avenue of how to get into this, this space, space where mm -hmm. we still aren't as a whole right so that's something that i definitely think is maybe kind of lost in a lot of these conversations mm -hmm. but i don't want like it's hard because you don't want to say that and be like well we shouldn't fund stem education because going back to you know what we were just saying before mm -hmm. we're absent in a lot of those conversations and, and access to a lot of those resources when it comes to that at an early childhood level. Well, yeah, not even if we just take it a step back, even away from technology only, we still have science and medical and engineering, you know, making up the rest of the, the STEM acronym. Uh, we're definitely absent in those fields as well. Underrepresented as far as, like you said, not just um even in the professional level, but at the like research and yeah. like doctorate level and at the master's level, we're not getting into these programs or staying in these educational programs at the same rate as other people of other ethnicities. And additionally, you know, you talk about early childhood. I was, uh, I think I told you this a couple weeks ago in a conversation, a friend of mine is a high school physics teacher. Mm -hmm. And anytime I meet like a black person who is a, a science or math teacher for young people, I get so excited because I think that's just such an exciting job to have. Yeah. And um, a physics teacher, like a like a black physics teacher, sounds like a unicorn to me. Right. I, I mean, I like. I mean, I did backflips, right? Because it's just like, when do you ever get to see people like that? And I'm here, a 27 year old black woman who literally does not remember E equals M C squared, what it means. Like, probably barely scraped by in physics in high school. But now, as an adult, I do understand the value of that type of person existing. Yeah. Um, um, and being able to teach urban youth and being able to teach, you know, black and brown kids in an underserved community. And I was talking to him asking just about curriculum because I'm always interested in how STEM pans out in a variety of different educational environments for students of color. And he said that sometimes he feels like 
the curriculum that he's expected to teach is not respectful of the intelligence of the kids. And he sometimes feels like the curriculum that he is expected to teach makes him feel like the administration does not think that physics is is like it's not worth teaching physics to black children and like to have somebody who's you know who who has that on their minds is creating lesson plans and has still specific instructions from their school and from the state and from their administrators like if your hands are tied at that level and if you see the disparity in what you feel you should be teaching students of color already at like the early high school level yeah. Like, it's scary. It's scary because then you, you know, you continue to it's think up the ladder. because you can't actually, it's physics or it's all of these fields in name only. Mm-hmm. And you can't actually prepare them for what they would need to gain this skill to apply it. So, like, you mentioned that, you know, what they're given is mm-hmm. really Watered basic. down curriculum. Yeah, I took physics. But then right. when I get to the next level, I'm not, I'm, I'm still behind exactly. because I wasn't actually expected to learn this, I was I was just expected to be present. That is a beautiful way to put it. You were just expected to be present, and it's interesting and depressing and so sad to see how these are butterfly effects that turn into gigantic tidal waves. That can, I mean, and and that's just one thing that kind of keeps black people out of the digital and out of the tech space. But it's a major, major contributor that is so out of our control, and it really, really makes me sad and disheartened when I'm reading things like this. I know you said that we've had, and there has been sustained conversation as to how many black people are just shut out of like the tech space, but still, it's still shameful and it's still sad because you still know in the back of your mind that that shit is not changing anytime soon. And like people don't care about it at that level and they don't care about it at like the educational level. Like they don't care about it in primary school and it's just tough because- Or or even in college. Like- True. A lot of these companies do not, do not fucking recruit. Yeah. Do not they have fucking five schools, recruit. All the companies recruit from the same, like, five Yeah, it's like MIT. Schools. It'll be, like, what, Caltech sometimes. Maybe, Harvard. Maybe Michigan, Harvard, uh, Stanford, Maybe obviously. Berkeley. Like, all, yeah, like maybe all Berkeley. those. Basically, the California schools. Yep. And Boston schools. Yep. Maybe the University <laughs> of Michigan thrown yep. in for good maybe. measure. And that'll really be it. Yeah. And so, how do you expect to reach people in these uni- in these institutions when we already make up a disproportionately lower amount <laughs> yeah. of the population there. Yeah. So you're not going to get them. And then you're really only taking like the top, you know, top X percent of students anyway. Right. So, so if we make up like, th- okay, and this is engineering programs or, or computer science yeah. programs, we're still like not only like even at a school like Michigan, I think maybe might be 9% black. I can't remember anymore. But... Maybe I might be wrong about that. I can't remember. But let's say Michigan is 9% black. The engineering program is going to be like 2% black. Maybe like 10% black. I don't know. But yeah, it's going to be like even smaller percentage. And then of the top students and then who actually are determined to be organizational fits. Culture fits. Exactly. Exactly. That comes out to zero. So in addition to that, outside of the fact that they only recruit from these 10 schools, like if you look at the reasons why we go to school are not just because we're trying to identify the best and most rigorous program where, you know, where these top companies are recruiting from. A lot of times it's, you know, where we can get in, what will offer us the largest financial package. Mm -hmm. Or in the case of HBCUs, there might be some sort of cultural experience that you want to be able to have that we want to get. That aspect is lost Mm -hmm. 
beyond that, and it's such an important thing, especially if you take into consideration the fact that you're going into an environment where you're going to be one of very few. Well, it also makes me think about agency. I've worked with young people before, and I've worked with young people from a variety of different economic backgrounds. I'm going to tell you right now, it don't matter how much money or how little money you have as a teenager. Agency to like 99% of kids is like a foreign fucking concept. Like they are going to do whatever is like in front of their face at that point in time. Even some of the most successful students who have parents that keep them well informed of, you know, what their options are in life. They're still kids. They're not necessarily going to be like their first priority isn't. And I don't necessarily think that it should be advocating for themselves. But if you are from a well-off family, you don't need to advocate for yourself. Because your parents' wallet will do that for you. Your parents may physically do that for you. And you're probably going to be raised in environments and consistently pass through environments where the community around you, the educational community around you, is going to allow you just to, like, sort of move forward while having your best interests at heart and making sure that you're still in a position to get some of the better opportunities in life. And... It's okay for you not to have agency if you're rich or if you're well-off or even if you're solidly upper middle class. But if you're poor or if you're underserved or if you're either of those things, if you're from an underserved community or, or you're poor and you're also additionally of color, also additionally brown or black, like the like all of a sudden, like your need for agency or for grit, as we had talked about before, yeah. that shit really matters. So when you talk about why we choose to go to college, we may, like, it's not like necessarily... Uh, rich people's kids or white people's kids choose to go to college necessarily by and large because they're looking to get into these better programs. They may, but, but that's because they may have people around them who are more attuned to the fact that this child may be interested in a really great engineering yeah. program. And also like, yeah, they're just, those are their options. If you're, if you go to, if you go to a leading private school, you don't think of Necessarily, maybe a state school is not necessarily an option for you. Yeah. You're going to be thinking, well, Stanford is someplace that I'm going to apply. I'm going to apply to MIT, I'm going to apply to Stanford, I'm going to apply to Harvard. I'm going to apply to Yale. I'm going to see what happens because those are your options. Like if you're already fucked out of certain options, then you don't even think that that's possible. Right. It's not even necessarily yeah. something that's in your worldview. And that already kind of, damn, sorry, now that we're, we had had this conversation kind of before, but just when you think about how deep this shit goes, so deep like fucking bleak but and, yeah and it's it's also interesting i want to say like their their approaches to maybe even fixing this from what i've seen like i have a few i used to go to a lot of meetups right because mm-hmm. for a while like i said i was trying to participate in this space so i was like eric wanted to be a hacker i want i lord jesus let, <laughs> yeah i wanted to be a hacker i wanted to be I thought it was Steve Jobs for like, I read the biography. I was like, I could do this. I could do it. I could do it. That explains so much of your current personality, but okay. Whatever. Anyway, so I went to these meetups and, you know, you would talk to a lot of different people and you would try to get an idea. I mean, everybody knows we got to get whatever leg up that we can, Mm -hmm. you know, to in order to get some participation there. And so a lot of times your only real pathway to to kind of get seen at uh, at one of these companies is through is through their internal organizations around whatever color you are. You know, they have <laughs> yeah, their affinity organizations. Yeah, like they have like I want to say like not a black student union, but like they have like, yeah, like a black employees <laughs> of Google. Thing. You know, yeah. like of all these different organizations. So you meet those people and you talk to them about you know the different opportunities there, how they came through. X and X and X. And like each one teach one, if you will. Yeah. And there are no real, like beyond that, sometimes there's outreach done through that. But Mm -hmm. beyond that, there are no sustained, like, 
recruiting initiatives that yeah, I've seen, think of, you yeah. know, for people of color that are that are expansive or substantive. Mm-hmm. But there are different ways to do this. It's not just we fund um, black girls can code and they need funding. Don't get that twisted. Yeah, black girls code needs funding. But you also can train people who are closer to what you closer to the age needed to make an impact in your role right so now. So people who are in like like college or graduate school. Exactly. Or even just, you know, who, even who have graduated. So Etsy, for example. Mm-hmm. Etsy realized they were having issues with recruiting women. They wanted to recruit more females. Which is hilarious because like women dominate, like women dominate Pinterest and we dominate the fuck out of Etsy. Exactly. You know, it's a majority like uh, antique goods and, and Ooh, like um, homemade handcrafted, stuff. homemade stuff. Yeah. So there's a lot of stuff. Vintage. Yeah. Yeah. And that women make up the overwhelming majority, like you said, of their of their client base. So they obviously wanted to hire more more female engineers, mm-hmm. and they seemed to be quote unquote struggling to just recruit them directly. Or they found sometimes that when those types of when those candidates would come, they didn't necessarily have the skills in the way that they would prefer. They would find culture fits, for example, but mm-hmm. they they couldn't. They were like just a touch short of the engineering chops that they needed. Mm-hmm. So they took a very uh, novel approach in the sense that they said, "Hey, we're going to spend a lot of fucking money." Mm-hmm. And we're going to create a school and we're going to recruit people to this school. And so they recruited women to this Etsy, basically like engineering school. That's so cool. And they taught them how to code. The way how that to, they wanted the to be done. The way that they wanted it to be done. Oh my done. gosh, and then you have like a fresh crop of Exactly. Recruits. And then they recruited directly from there. And even if you don't take all the candidates from this particular school, mm-hmm. they've gained skills and they're now competitive. Yes. To be able to go somewhere else. And they were able to increase their, their rate of women engineers, something like, I want to say, 20 to 30%. So it had a very, very direct and fast impact. And it was an awesome program. So, so successful that they, they kept it going. Mm-hmm. You don't see that anywhere else. And even that, I mean, it got, it got an article. It got like a touch of shine for like maybe a month, mm-hmm. you know, just a normal news cycle. But beyond that, you don't see any large-scale reproductions of no. that of that type of initiative, and that's something that could that could easily be done, easily be implemented. You know, in a variety of places. When you think about who has these resources, yeah, you, you took know. the words out of my mouth. So it's it's just frustrating that there is no for all of the quote unquote innovation and disruption that is supposed to be present in yes. this industry. Yeah, digital disruptor. Yeah, like, people always talking about that shit. Media disruptor, all that shit. Yeah. That it's not fucking present at all when no. it comes to applying it to finding people who don't look the same to work in these environments. And, you know, and not only is it something that is kind of the right thing, basically, obviously the right thing to do, and it's also good business when you consider especially the fact that Tristan Walker as a black man is going to have ideas that are going to be markedly different than what other people are going to come from other people you know who are white or possibly of asian descent who are going to come up with in his same space because he has a very specific and different worldview from them bevel could only have been invented by a black man yeah but additionally so it's not just good business because you have this very specific value proposition that's that's going to be you know even though it's a small company when you think about bevel and like the grand scheme of silicon valley bevel is and Walker Brands in general is primed to be a juggernaut in the black health and beauty space. So it's good business. It's the right thing to do to be able to encourage diversity in these spaces. But additionally, 
again, when we take a step back and look at the rest of STEM fields, you know, think about medications. Okay, Mm -hmm. I was researching birth control option recently, and they said something like, oh, well, we don't know how this works in women who weigh above 165 pounds because we didn't do any research on that. It makes you think about, like, maybe if you had a more diverse set of scientists, they would have thought that you needed to look at, I'd say, I'd venture as far as to say a lot of women in the United States weigh more than 165 pounds. Yeah. For sure. And, you know, it's the same thing with a lot of our mental health research or our heart disease medication research. There are so many fields that need our viewpoints to just help us live and to be able to have adequate information that's beneficial to all people. So it's it's necessary in just about every way. And I just don't know how one cannot know that. Or continue to not care about that. Well, it's I mean it's interesting too because the the tech industry knew that originally. Like if you think about a lot of the companies, a lot of the companies that are behemoths right now mm-hmm. started out with an extremely narrow scope. Google, for instance, wasn't originally a everything company. I mean, even before that, it wasn't even originally like a search engine. Mm-hmm. It was more of like a ranking system for websites mm-hmm. before it got to be a search engine. It had an extremely narrow scope. And they were able to raise a significant amount of money and then transform that product to broaden it. Right. Yes. So in addition to, I'm trying to think. Facebook is similar in that way. Facebook is similar in that way. Started off, I'm going to focus on college. If you think about Apple, started off making uh, personal computers, but mm-hmm. they were they were open source and they were selling them to, I want to say, the hacker community in addition to people who are um, really big phone freakers. So, yes. Like back in the day when they were still long distance. I was going to say, you said phone yeah. freaker. Like I'm like, know you sound old is. as hell, yeah. Yeah, damn. But, uh, <laughs> so, you know, every all these all these companies were extremely limited in scope. And now there seems to be, there seems to be kind of an overwhelming movement to make these companies for the masses to go for the maximum amount of product that's possible. But the reality is, sometimes starting with a smaller scope, sometimes reaching out to people who who are of a very limited and specific size is the best way to gain an understanding of how those markets will perform in other ways. And then you can expand mm-hmm. the product, or even everybody's making shit for mass consumption. Maybe there's more money focusing on different aspects like a Procter and Gamble of black people because you get different aspects of this one specific group. Yes. Build brand loyalty and go from there. It's just crazy that we're discount our industry or our people are discounted in this manner mm-hmm. when to be frank, there's so much so much guap to be made. I was gonna say, and even like just to piggyback off that last point, like you say a Procter and Gamble for black folks. You're not even having to create new products. Yeah. Bevel is not a new product. We have had shaving systems for like even 100, 150 years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you said, the safety razor that you use, it's, it's been around forever. It's just no product has been made that suits a, the specific needs of a specific group of people. You don't necessarily need to have like labs for innovation and shit. You're not trying to make self-fucking driving cars. Yeah. You're trying to get put hair products at Target. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, that's it. I don't know. It's, it, it's just fucking wild. I mean, not even innovation in terms of how the aspects of the product work or even just the care in which it's marketed and presented. <laughs> like, the if I could show you the Okay, so you have Bevel. Mm-hmm. And, like, I haven't used Bevel. And, you know, I was like, I don't know, because it's kind of expensive. But, like... You are cheap. I'm cheap. If 
five. Okay, whatever. Everybody knows I'm cheap. Everybody but knows. It looks so much. It's presentation. It There's gorgeous. so much care put into that, and even that alone, that shit means something. Like if I go, like what I put on my face, it shouldn't have to come from a box that looks like it was put together. It looks like it was definitely put together in some, you know, really broke down factory <laughs> in shitty packaging. You know that will. Frankly, like it looks like it's gonna fall apart when I pick it up. And well, put not it on only my that, face. not only that, there's no reason why in bathroom shots of like, let's say, you know, Great Migration era period pieces <laughs> or black exploitation films, it's the same fucking gold cylinder of magic shave. Yeah. And the the same shit hasn't on... changed. Or Duke. Or yeah. like Murray's. I also have like it's, it's crazy Murray's. when you walk by and you see uh, like the new Jam picture. You're like, oh, they they updated the Jam picture. Like, oh, <laughs> like, girl, got even, to... <laughs> you don't understand when Wellcome changed this packaging. When Lester's pink oil changed its packaging, shit like, blew shit my mind. This and shit blew my mind. So you know the approaches to reaching our demographic, right? Like, it's the shit is not. Honestly, Hard. here's a here, you want it's a free you want a free idea. I'm gonna give y'all motherfuckers a free idea. It's grown women out here, damn near thirty years old, maybe even older, using fucking kitty perm because the shit is <laughs> it's true. It's grown women using kitty perm because the shit is lighter than yeah. adult perm. Just for me, will probably take care of whatever it is that you need it to take care of. Yeah. Here's a free idea. Why don't you take the same formulation, same gentle, I guess, formulation that's in just for me, put it in a sexy grown up box. <laughs> And watch With somebody your... who like she just came out, right? Like she just fresh she, face. Fine, y'all was gonna say fine. You know what? Snatch, snatch Kelly Rowland, snatch <laughs> Kelly Rowland from one of these other from one of these other perm box brands, and like put it in a cute package, and then just like roll in dough, swimming, swimming right. money like Scrooge, Scrooge McDuck, McDuck, like, like go, truly, go ham, like, truly. I can't wait for that day that I'm assuming is coming. I'm like waiting to hear it. When there are a whole bunch of articles that come out, this new industry of reaching out to minority communities is such a growth, like such a growth leader. One person, like, and you know, it's going to be like you already know, like, like we never fucking existed before. No, and folks are going to be like, I can't believe no one has thought of this. Yeah, and like the reality is, we all have thought of it, but you won't give us money. No, you want you want somebody who's white to think of this. Yeah, so it can make. Their money. And, like, it's just, it's really fucking crazy. It's really fucking frustrating. Mm-hmm. What's also frustrating is that when we do have someone who who gets on a level like Tristan Walker, they stop there. Like, you find, you find, you find, you know, this nice Negro mm-hmm. who went to Stanford, who did everything right. Right. On point. Just on point you in know, every sense of the fucking word. You get him there and you're like, damn, I did a good thing. Let me go back to doing the exact same shit that I've done before. But but not only that, though, it's because it might not necessarily be him, you know. You might get to a certain point where folks around you are like, so we got Bevel popping off? You know, at the end of Babe, when, like, the farmer's like, that'll do, pig. Yeah. That'll do. I feel like, I don't know if it's necessarily, like, I don't ever know if, like, how do I put this? Like, I don't know if, you know, we just got to a certain point with, like, even just like a black female politician. I don't know if Shirley Chisholm got to a certain point and she was like, you know what? I put in my work. I'm fucking done. Yeah. I think that there were a whole group of people who were above her who were like, that'll do, pig. That'll do. <laughs> and like, I hope that doesn't happen to Tristan Walker because I mean, obviously the man's like a touch older than we are. Yeah. I mean, barely. 
and and very for you. I'm a little younger. Okay, remind everybody. Right. Okay. Anyway, but he has so there's so much further that he can go, and I think that the continued success of his company will do enough to propel him there because the way he's positioned it seems like it would only grow. Like if Bevel does well, and you know we hope it does. Yeah. Lowering the price even a little. Right. I was gonna say. I was gonna say my G. Like, come on, dog. Right. Like if you could just if you if it was twenty dollars a month. If it was just twenty dollars a month. Damn. I would be. I got you. I got you. I would be in it at my current. Yeah. At my current. I I got just like the way see the way my. Do you remember the GZ album about the recession? Yeah. It's still. Yeah. I was gonna say I'm still living in that. So. But, no, the way he's positioned it, if it is successful, you know, he wants to be the Procter & Gamble. There obviously have to be other products that, that he expands from. So, I think he's he has the right idea for the, if it, if, his, if his initial approach, Lord, is okay. successful, he can obviously get to that route. Mm-hmm. But for other people as well who, who come through, who might break through, Lord, Ooh, hopefully. Hopefully, hopefully, it needs to be in a position for where just getting a Fast Company article isn't the pinnacle of the success that you I know because like we were able to build an episode off of the fact that it was news that there were two articles about black people in, in fast, fast coverage that's fast a big company. deal it's big fucking that deal. was the news usually we only news. get like Jay-Z and Forbes Jay-Z and Diddy get listed on Forbes I mean and that's about perennially as, yeah. yeah that's about as close as we get yeah. to you know being featured and then like in Business these, like, Insider Week Ass is still like once every 18 months like did you know that Russell Simmons has the secrets to how meditation can grow your business? Like, or like today in Black History, Ben Carson. Right, like Ben Carson. <laughs> hey, you guys have this thing called a rush card. Like, literally, yeah. that's how I, I feel like that's the majority of what I end up reading. We'll fucking see. We'll see. We'll see. Who we'll knows? See. We don't. We don't know. We don't. I we just. Don't know. I just go to sleep and and pray that I live in a world where I can wake up and go outside and be okay. So truly, actually, you know, it's funny. Something that I was talking to you about shortly before we started recording. And, I mean, I think this is, like, a, an interesting bit of information just to give you guys shortly before we part. Obviously, we're all abreast of the things that are going on. Yes. Not just Ferguson anymore. and Everywhere. Not just Staten Island and not just Ohio. Everywhere. And the good old boys over at Twitter. Oh, yeah. Because, you know, they got that chalkboard <laughs> in their office where they like to put hashtags sometimes. The good old boys over at Twitter decided to put hashtag Black Lives Matter on the wall of their office. I'm curious, outside of those who are able to see it in a photograph, just how many black people do you think saw that chalkboard, Eric? Uh, Maybe, I think only 2% of their entire company. Yep, 2% of their entire company. And I would be very curious, and I'd have to look it up to see what parts of the company the black Mm. folks work in. Mm. Uh, Because, you know, there's lots of tech companies that employ black folks but they're serving food. Yeah. They are cleaning bathrooms or security. security or administration. All perfectly fine jobs. Exactly. But if that's where, if you're a tech company and that's how you make your money and you call yourself having 2% of your workforce being black and still chances are most of those people are not going to be in the tech departments of your company and you're telling me that Black Lives Matter? And, and Twitter specifically, damn, I'm like... I, oh, and black people, we fucking run that shit. That's what I'm we saying. We over-index like, on Twitter more, I think more than any other social media. Exactly. Like, we use social media, like people of, actually people of color in general, it's not actually not just True. us, the Hispanic and Latino community as well. Kills it. We use social media at such a more, at such a higher frequency than any other group. Mm-hmm. Any other group. True. Maybe. Just maybe. Mm-hmm. It could do you some good. 
have a few a few more just a couple couple of us in the office mm-hmm. or even like communications academia because you recall when they wanted all those white people to study black twitter Whew. okay sorry og mako in me just came right the <laughs> fuck on out but yeah you know communications academia you want to give i'm i'm absolutely 100 sure i remember a couple of black folks were like see black sheeple we should have been we should have been studying ourselves on Twitter this whole time. Hotel history. Right, hotel history. The thing is though, is um is that I'm absolutely sure that there are tons of black communication scholars who wanted to study black Twitter. Actually, but I've you know what one. you need. I know one for a fact. It's interesting. Same shit that you need to purchase Popeyes or to, you know, mm. fund a tech company. I think it's uh, green. Money, right, exactly. Yeah. You need fucking money to be able to study any goddamn thing. So if you want to get the shit done right, if you want to actually have, I mean, I hate to even like try to sell it dirty like this, but if you actually want to have black Twitter statistics that will actually be of use to your school, company, or organization, you should hire black researchers. So hashtag Black, black Lives Matter. Yeah. <laughs> Tristan Walker, man. We're like praying for you. Like you honestly, you can't see me right now, but I'm giving you the fucking <laughs> District 12 salute from Hunger Games. Maki J. Maki J. Exactly. Like I'm literally just like, you got the juice, dog. You got the juice. We're praying for you. You know, just stay safe, love yourself, and uh, stay and away like, for the protests. Like don't just don't go because they coming for you. They out here for you. They out. They, they out here. You didn't, and they talked about that in the article. Like, that broke my heart, man, when that guy was like, all this, you know, it was a little older when they're talking about this stuff happening in Ferguson. And he's like, I just wanted to retweet because yeah. I was angry, but I didn't want to be the angry black man and then potentially lose out on my job or be alienated by my organization where I need to be fitting in culture wise yeah. or possibly lose out on investment money. Jesus. But you mentioned that I think I think he had been. Tristan yeah, Walker Tristan Walker has been. And you know what? I give it. I give him something. He real because actually, oh, I went Tristan on, Walker real. I went on the Bevel Facebook page because I was trying when I was looking it up to see like, okay, do I really want to spend this money on this? I can't um, even believe you looked it up. That's like a barrier for your cheap ass. You already know. So I went to their Facebook page and he had posted. He from his personal page posted to the Bevel Facebook page that he was so hyped that Rick Ross had mentioned Bevel <laughs> in a track. <laughs> so like, I like he real. I give, I, I give him that. Yeah, like, he he on it. He is on it. I mean, I'm excited for him. I hope that everything pans out. And, you know, I hope that I hope that Code 2040 is just like a little is like a canary in a coal mine. I hope that it like it starts to, you know, it's just a little signal that hopefully brings more change behind it. So, I mean, this has been a great conversation. It has. It's late. It's late. We done ate all this Popeye. I know, we're ready it's to, go time to, sleep. to go to sleep. I have the itis. So, thank you all thank for you listening. Thank you so much. I'm so sorry that it's been so long. I know, we're happy to be back. Stay tuned. Coming back real strong. Coming back real strong. Out the In the gate. 2015. 2015. Oh, yeah. Tuesday. Doing it real big. New shit. All new shit in 2015. Every week. Every week. I just meant like life different. Everything yeah. different. I'm like on a higher plane of consciousness. Levels. It's like, I'm going to say up here is like, you know, the supreme being. Talk about Whatever it. you think, the higher power. Go off. Under that, probably the stratosphere. Mm. I don't know too much about physics, as yeah. I already mentioned. Below there is me and McConan. That's yeah. the level that we're on. Red Dragon. Me and McConan are on Dragon. this level. And then everybody else is, is somewhere below Man there. of the party. Right. <laughs> Truly. Y'all gonna have y'all here singing lyrics. We gotta go, y'all. All right. We love you. Bye. Is that creepy? Yeah, it's creepy. Okay. Bye. <laughs> People today can spend half their lives over 50. So it's good to be financially ready for what's important to you as you get older. Like a family vacation. Or starting your dream business. Welcome to Connie's Coffee. How may I help you? 
CRP's trusted financial tools can help you plan for whatever your future holds. That's why the younger you are, the more you need AARP. Start planning today at aarp.org slash money tools.